book club. Well, probably your favorite book club podcast. Where we talk about books. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And we are on Skype again. Yay. Yes, yes. Lacey's at her house. And I'm in Colorado. With my fam. For the holidays. We all took a COVID test and now we're here and um, we're getting snowed in. It's actually snowing right now. <laughs> oh. oh, it's fine. I mean, it's cool, you know. Our um, house is like right on this little stream and there's like so many freaking deer all day. Just oh, right. So cool. Yeah, I'll send you some pictures. It's really cool. So it's been nice. It's been nice being back. Um, my skin is on fire because it's dry <laughs> so there's that but yeah i miss you i haven't seen you in like i know it's been like what two or three weeks now that's the longest we've gone without seeing each other for a while it is i miss you so much i know i can't wait Next weekend. <laughs> well today this is okay this is our last episode of 2020 yes can you believe that I can't. It has. It doesn't feel like it's been that long at all. It kind of. It does, but it like doesn't. I mean, 2020 has felt like <laughs> a decade. <Five. laughs> I just took off my charm bracelet that I forgot, so I'll be jangling the whole episode. Um, yeah, 2020 has felt like a decade, but then also it seems like not that long ago I left work and then just never went back. Yeah, that's <laughs> true too. Well, we're gonna talk about like top books of 2020 we're going to talk about like our personal list and then like our podcast list so that's what we're going to do today we have um a few messages from you guys we're going to read a few different like other people's picks so it'll be fun but let's do our second suite what's your suck for the week my suck holidays are over i know it's like such a magical time but then it goes by so fast well and it's just i didn't feel as cheery this year as i usually do like we didn't put up hardly any decorations because nobody was coming over and it just yeah it didn't feel like christmas did you have a good christmas because i haven't talked yeah. to you since like what'd you get for christmas i had good christmas i got a bunch of stuff i wanted i got this really heavy huge blanket that i wanted because i've been freezing at night <laughs> <laughs> that's nice that's good. What? Uh, well, my suck for the week is um. Hmm. What is my suck? Yeah, I mean, kind of the same thing. It's like you can't see the normal people you would see, but I mean, everyone's going through that. So yeah, like we would normally have like maybe one or two poker games around this time because of Christmas and New Year's, and we just can't even do that. And it's a bummer. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just one year again. It's just one year. Well, we hope well maybe two, because I'm ready <laughs> to do what they were supposed to do. But, you know, it should have been only one. <laughs> so listen to this. So we're in um, uh, El Paso County in Colorado. And yesterday they had 250 cases <sighs> compared to Dallas's 2,500 a day. Wow. They are super strict here, Lacey, like. That's um, good. Yeah, we went to the outlet mall, like I told you, to get some like stuff from Columbia. First of all, they're limiting the number of people in each store. 
And, like, they're not playing about this mask thing. Like, if you don't have a mask, you're not entering any store. Like, even the grocery store, they are so strict. You can't even eat in any restaurants here. You can only dine out. That's good. That's how it should be everywhere. Exactly. And I'm like, maybe that's why Texas has so many more cases. because It is. Because the governor won't do what he's supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, what's your sweet for the week? My sweet. My sweet, my sweet. I'm off all week. <laughs> oh, yes, me too. That's going to be my sweet. Because I have, when I logged out of work on Christmas Eve, I was logging out for 10 days. And I was like, oh, my God, 10 days straight. I even unplugged my laptop. I was like, man, I don't even care. It's amazing. <laughs> It's it really so is. amazing. Um, we were playing Trivial Pursuit earlier with my parents, and we kept thinking about when we were playing with you, and then Steve won again. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> he knows more of the answers this time. That's what it is. <sighs> well, he won last time, too, right, with us? Yeah. We were close, though. We were we were, close. Yeah, we were close. This time, I think I was, like, one pie away. So. But, yeah, the questions really sucked this time. <laughs> and we did not use the same ones. We had, like, the ones from you in a pile, so. Uh, what are you going to do? Well, I guess we'll go ahead and start talking about 2020 books. Yes. So, yeah. first thing we'll talk about is the Book of the Month Club, which Lacey's not a member, and I have been pestering her to become a member. I know, I keep perusing, I keep perusing, I just I haven't committed. <laughs> So if you're not familiar with Book of the Month, it's like a little um, monthly subscription. And every month they have five new books and you get to pick one. So it's like $14.99 a month, your first month. If you like two bookworms, one podcast has a coupon code. So you can get your first book for like, I think it's five or $10. Um, and then after that, it's $15 a month. And you can skip any time. You can cancel any time. But they'll have five new books and you get to pick. And then you can pick add-ons. But these are like hardback books. So you're getting them. The first one's 15, and then add-ons are 10. So that's a really good deal. And they're always new releases. And a lot of the time, the new releases are before they're, like, even out at the bookstore. So you're getting them before everyone else. They always have a really good selection. And then every year, they also do Book of the Year. So they went from, like, several books down to five books down to one book. And then, you know, the people that have the subscription are the voters. So... Let me pull up their list here. 2020 book of the year. So do you want me to tell you the winner or you want me to tell you the five finalists? Tell us the five finalists and then the winner. Okay. So some of these, well, one of them is going to be super familiar to us. So the finalists are The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby Dare. Or has a little thing over the E. So maybe it's Derry. Lucy Foley, The Guest List. So, you know, we just read Lucy oh, Foley last no. week. The Guest List. This was also a Reese Witherspoon uh, book, which I told you it was pretty much the same flipping book or whatever. Um, Frederick Bachman, Anxious People. Hey. Yep. The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab, which I have on my bookshelf, but I have not read it yet. And now that it's like getting all this stuff I'm like damn I really need to read this um and the last one was The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett which I don't think you've read it but I read it an incredible book um that's probably the winner 
it is the winner. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It's a really good book, and it's on my personal list as well. We'll talk about that. But, yeah, it is. It was definitely deserved for sure. Um, And because I'm like a book of the month BFF, I got to pick one for free. So I got another copy of The Vanishing I have to give to you. (laughs) You can read it. (laughs) Everyone should read it. It's just such a good book. And like I, we talked about it before, but I was, I just felt like it was so topical, you know, to everything that's been going on lately. And, you know, maybe people can kind of educate themselves and be better. Better. Um, Do you want to go over your personal list like not the podcast list just like your personal reading list I didn't read as much this year as I usually do mm-hmm. but yeah, you, you had a lot going on <laughs> yeah I did but horror store <laughs> I knew that was going to be your top one Was yeah it was definitely up there is just... that your top or that's just like up there that's probably my top because I haven't read outside of what we've read for the podcast. I haven't read this year that I can recall besides that book. And I've started Nosferatu by Joe Hill as well because I've watched the show. Oh, you did start it. Yeah. So how's that going? Well, it's good so far. Is it like the show or is it pretty different? So far it's a little different just because it progresses through one of the main characters lives faster than it did in the show. Mm. That's surprising. It's usually, like, slower in the books. Yeah. So are you, like, disappointed with one, or are they just kind of separate in your mind? They're just kind of separate in my mind, because I really did like the show. Not through the book far enough to know if, you know, I'm going to like it or not. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I just posted the pick of Horror Story yesterday, and um, it's such a cool looking freaking book like it really is it looks like a freaking ikea when she when lacy showed it to me she took it on our oklahoma cabin trip and i'm like dude this is the coolest looking book it is the exact shape and size of an ikea catalog but i didn't even show you further in it starts showing you these devices of what had been at the location previously i don't want to ruin anything obviously but it starts showing you some of these devices that they're using that have been at the location previously and it's just so cool. Like, one was, like, a head clamp, and it had all these kind of spikes and stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, like, even cool. when you open the book, it has, like... A map. It had, yes. like, a store map in one it has, of like, it, yeah. footnotes on the side of, like, products. and But then it also has the book itself. It was really cool. I was like, that is a really cool-looking book. Like, I think Grady Hendrix is your new favorite, you said. Not my new favorite, but it's definitely opened up a door. Like, I didn't. <sighs> I want to read that. The best criticism. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Because I liked the book club's guide to slaying vampires, but it just mm-hmm. wasn't. It wasn't vampires, so it wasn't what I expected. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, I also have. So, Barack Obama releases his favorite stuff every year. He does, like, movies, TV shows, music, and books. So <laughs> I wanted to tell you what was on his book list because I thought you'd get a kick out of it. So he has a ton of books, um, like maybe 20. I don't know what most of them are, but 
one really stuck out. Um, the one that didn't stick out, The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, which won Book of the Month, Book of the Year, and Book of the Month. Um, that was on his list, as it should be, because I think it's a wonderful book. But another book that's on his list, Guess. It's probably one of the crap books we've read. It isn't is. It? <laughs> of course, it, it is. It's probably. I'm not. It's not a knock against the author, but it was our least favorite book that we read for the podcast. Oh. So it had to be either Lucy Foley's or Raven Lalani's. Yeah, it was Lester. Oh, no. <laughs> so when he posted no, that, no. I posted it on our story, and I was like, I know damn well Obama did not read this book or would not. No. And it's if you did, if you anything. did, Mr. It Obama. Nothing. It's you, President Obama to you. That's true. That's <laughs> to true. all of us. That is true. You've always been a president. Yeah, um, President Obama, if you really did read Lester, what, what did you see that we you, did? Yeah, we what would love to you on our show and tell us what you liked about it. Because she's not, she's just not an admirable person. Ugh. But you know, this kind of goes back to what we talked about last week with that author of the flight attendant. You know, where he's like defending his book. Oh, I like true. characters that that don't make sense or that are not admirable. Like, okay, good for you. I don't. That's true. Uh, but he also had, I think he had some old books on here, like The Splendid and the Vile by Eric Larson. I actually want to read that. Um, I think it's about Winston Churchill, if I remember correctly. So I do want to read that. And then he also had The Glass Hotel, Ooh. which maybe I'm mixing up with another book. Maybe it's not an old book. Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mendel. So if you're interested in his list, it's on his Insta and his Twitter. Um, might be something there might be something else on his list you're interested in. Nothing else really stuck out to me. So um we can talk about our podcast books. Yes. So because we started in the middle of the year, we didn't have like a full year's worth of books, but we'll go back to the very first book, which was Home Before Dark by Riley Sager Sager. Mm-hmm. We still don't know which one is correct. That was a good book. Um, it was. I gave it four stars. So I would say that's one of the better books that we read. Yeah, it's one of my tops. Then we had Grady Hendrick's Southern Book Club Guide to Slaying Vampires. Let me see how, how many stars I gave that one. How many stars did you give it? Um, I think I gave it four. I'm scrolling back on my Goodreads to see... Oh, I didn't rate it. Damn it. I would say like three and a half-ish. Three and a half. That sounds about right. That's about right, yeah. Yeah. Um, then next we read You Had Me at Ola, which I gave three stars. It was just, you know, all right. I'm pretty sure I gave that one four, too, because I did like it. It had the telenovela feel to it. Yes. And we were playing a trivia game earlier, and Jane the Virgin was an answer. And I was like, I love Jane the Virgin. (laughs) Then we read Lester, which anyone who knows us knows how we felt about that. Um, Then we read Before She Was Helen by Carolyn B. Cooney. I gave it three stars. 
What did you give it? Pretty sure I gave it three as well. Let me check. Okay. I did not rate Practical Magic, and that was the next book we read, which oh, I'm such a big fan of the movie. It, the book was kind of a disappointment, but I can also look at it separate from the movie and just appreciate it like on its own. I would say that that's probably a three-star book for me, Practical Magic. I gave Before She Was Hell and Four as well. Four, okay. You're very generous. I am generous, I but I don't, because I rate, if, if I don't like a book, <laughs> it's going to get a crap rating. <laughs> um, so then, then, then we, so after Practical Magic, we really started reading some good shit, because then we went to Clown in a Cornfield, mm-hmm. which was awesome. It was uh, awesome. That definitely a contender. For our top podcast book, definitely. I gave it four. I gave it five. Then we did Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. Another stellar book. I think that's another contender for one of our top reads. I think it is too, yeah. Then we did Elsewhere by Dean Kuntz. Which is entertaining. Three stars for me. It was a four for me. Then we did uh, In a Holidays. By Christina Lauren. That was one of our. That's kind of that's one of our tops too. It yeah, was. definitely. I love that book. I gave it four stars. Um, then we did the hunting party, which I gave it three stars on Goodreads, but I do think I remember saying on our last episode two and a half. For me. I gave yeah, I gave it three, but that was being generous. Okay, so if we had to pick between In a Holidays, Anxious People, and Clown in a Cornfield. Which one would we pick? Honest, okay. Let's I think would about go this. Clown. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a great. It's an amazing book. I mean, it was. It was, it was everything I wanted. It was yeah. clowns. It was murdering teenagers. It was. And see, I'm, I'm leaning more towards in a holidays, but is it just like because it's Christmas time and I'm swept up in the moment? Because Ancient yeah. People was a good book, just like all around. It had a great message. It had great characters it kept you guessing totally surprised you you know that's true too that's true too so i, I would say that. those were our definitely t- our top three though top um, three. More Bill, anxious people and in a holidays i just don't know what order <laughs> yeah if i had to pick one i would probably pick anxious people I'm going clowns. <laughs> You're like, I'm not budging. It's clown in a cornfield. It's, it's a great book. I liked it. I hope he writes some a spinoff or a sequel. I really like I really enjoyed it. So And it was YA. Yes. It was like it wasn't clean, but it wasn't like, you know, raunchy or anything. Yeah. So you could definitely I don't I mean like your teenager, not like your twelve year old. Okay, so we also have some of our Instagram followers. I asked what some of their favorite books were. So let me pull that up. I just don't remember what I put it under. (laughs) (laughs) So one of my things for 2021 is to be more organized. That is something I'm really going to strive for in 2021. Okay. 
So, a splash of Mona, and it's A underscore splash underscore of underscore Mona. She said that I've read so many good books this year. She was like, where to start? I loved Dear Edward, um, Ona Out of Order, The Midnight Library, and No Exit. And that's just a few. And I was like, oh, I haven't read any of those. But we almost picked The Midnight Library for one of our books. Yeah, we did. But it's like, it was, it's been sold out everywhere for a while. Maybe we should. Maybe I know. I'm like, maybe we should pick that. Um, a lot of people are reading. Reading it, it's all over Instagram, and I think you know because Christmas, a lot of people buy books for gifts, so I think yeah. that was another reason it was sold out. But at um, one of our besties, Kelly at Book Bandits, said Homegoing and The Nickel Boys were my top reads of the year. But I'm also really happy I found Grady Hendrix because he's a new favorite. Yes, and I said you and Lacey both. <laughs> yes, and yes, then I yes. told her that you had just finished Horror Story and Horror Store, and she's like, she asked for it for Christmas. So, at Book Bandit, Kelly, if you're listening, we want to know if you got it for Christmas. And have you read it? And have you read it? Um, at Jane.Cruthers said that their favorite book was Educated. Let me look that up, because I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, I guess it's Educated by Tara Westover. Oh, it has like 4.5 stars on Goodreads. It's a memoir. Um, not my usual forte, but I like to keep an open mind. So the Goodreads description says, Tara Westover was 17 the first time she set foot in a classroom. Born to, survive, born to survivalist in the mountains of Idaho, she prepared for the end of the world by stockpiling home canned peaches and sleeping with her head for the hills bag. Jeez. <laughs> in the summer, she stewed herbs for her mother, a midwife and healer. And in the winter, she salvaged in her father's junkyard. Her father forbade hospitals, so Tara never saw a doctor or nurse. Ashes and concussions, even burns from explosions, were all treated at home with herbalism. The family was so isolated from mainstream society that there was no one to ensure the children received an education and no one to intervene when one of Tara's older brothers became violent. Then, lacking any formal education, Tara began to educate herself. Damn, Tara, you're a badass. Really? Like, oh my gosh. Well, that may be, I may add that to my list. That sounds really good. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. So, we did our podcast books. Let me talk about my books of the year. And I apologize because it's probably going to be really long. Because it's <laughs> a lot. A lot. So. I compiled a list through my Goodreads. Like, I looked back at what I read this year. And then I looked at, like, the ratings that I gave things. So, I'm basically going to give you four and five stars. I'm not going to give you anything below that. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. You're probably going to make fun. But I did give five stars to Open Book by Jessica her autobiography <laughs> memoir it was so good it was so well written um you know we lived through this so everything yeah. she talked about I could remember exactly what she was talking about you know I could recall where I was in my life versus where she was in her life I like went through this divorce with her so there were things that like I didn't even know about the breakdown of their marriage it was just like so good and how she you know, got through it. Um, she kind of makes it sound like 
not that her and Nick didn't love one another, but when the show kind of blew up, it was like their marriage was basically just for show. Anything between them kind of was just gone, you know? So it was very sad, but she's happy now. So next on my list is My Husband's Wife by Jane Corey. This is a great book. She plays... Um, she plays like a lawyer. She plays. It's not a movie. She, the main character is a lawyer, and she's married to this douchebag. Um, and then she like takes on her first murder case, and she meets this dude in prison, like the dude convicted of murder. And I mean, it's it's a slow build. I will give it that. So, and it goes back and forth. You got alternate timelines. So, like in the future, she has a son, um who is, I believe, autistic, so it's a very challenging thing. So her and her husband divorce, but then, you know, when it's back before they even have a kid, they have this neighbor that has, like, this little girl, and the neighbor is, like, a, a single woman sleeping with a married man. So they babysit the little girl a lot because the mom, like, leaves her home. Well, the husband winds up having an affair with that little girl, but she's a woman when he has an affair with her. Like, oh she's great. Yeah. Well, come to find out, the autistic child that Lily, the main character, has is that convict, that murderer that she was trying to defend. She, like, had sex with him, and that's whose kid it really is. Holy crap. Yeah, there's, like, a lot, lot more to it, but it was juicy. It was a really good book. I liked it. Um, Next on my list was Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. I gave that Oh, yeah. Stars. I remember you talking about that Amazing. one. Amazing book. Um... The Marriage Lie by Kimberly Bell. God, some of these were at the beginning of the year. The Marriage Lie, I think I read in one sitting. It was, I even wrote a review, and I never write a review. I said, I was going to give this four stars until I got to the ending. I won't spoil it, but that twist, I could not put it down and read it in a day. So this woman is like a, I think she's like a school counselor. And her husband like had a business trip, so he left early in the morning, and she gets to work. And her, one of her students comes in, and she's like, Mrs. So-and-so, is that your husband on the plane crash? And she's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, there was this plane crash, and your husband's name just, like, was one of the people on board. And she's like, well, what flight was it? And she's like, flight something, something to Seattle. And she's like, oh, no, my husband was going somewhere else. So she's like, it wasn't him. But then she's like, that's kind of weird. We'll come to find out it was her husband. And she's like, he told me he was going to, like, Atlanta. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I read the Premonition series, which was amazing. The Book of Longings by Sue Monk Kidd, which was historical fiction. It focused on Jesus' wife, Anna's life. She's, like, a feminist. Um, I had The Vanishing Half by Brent Bennett. I gave that four stars. I had the Magical Bakery series. Oh yes. Okay, so I did read outside. So would that would you say that would you be your pick or a horror store? Probably horror store because I'm still finishing the series. Yeah. Read the whole series before I can read it. Um, I read one to watch. I gave that one five stars. Kate Stamen London. Um, it is about a plus size woman becomes. The first plus size, like, bachelorette, but they call it something else in the book. It's really good. Highly recommend Heartbones by Colleen Hoover, five stars. Gosh, I read a lot this year. A Good Marriage by Kimberly McCrate, four stars. Mexican Gothic 
uh, four stars. You need to read that book, Lacey. Yeah, I feel like that one too. You need to read that one. Um, Devoted by Dean Koontz. That's another really good one. Four stars. So I just read this book. I think I read it Christmas Eve, like a few days before Christmas Eve. And I told you, I was like, Lacey, you have to read this book. It's called The Mistletoe Kisser. Mm-hmm. And it's by Lucy Score. It's part of the Blue Moon series, but each book focuses on like a different character. So the town's called Blue Moon. And each book's on a different character. So like you don't have to read them in order. But like in Blue Moon, like the one I read, The Mistletoe Kisser, it made like a lot of references to other townspeople that I've discovered are subjects of other books. So mm-hmm. kind of like update on them you know yeah so you really don't have to read them in order but it's probably a more enjoyable experience if you read them in order I read it because it was a Christmas book and I saw a few people talking about it on Instagram oh my god it was so good it was right up there within a holiday it was so good Christmassy. it was romantic it was a little smarmy perfect it was so funny um oh my gosh I just gotta take up the writing like, the banter between the characters really reminded me of the Gilmore Girls. Oh. Yeah, like, very fast-paced, very witty. So, I'm, I would assume that the entire series is like that. So, I'm definitely going to try to read the rest of those in the future. So, if we just look at, like, five stars that I gave this year. Let's see. Five stars, open book, Jessica Simpson. Um, where the crawdads sing, the marriage lie, one to watch, so, so, the nightingale by Kristen Hanna. Those were all my five star books of the year. So I'm gonna pick one for my book of the year. And do you know what it is? No. What is it? Which one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's so many though. I don't know. <laughs> there's so many. I don't know. I couldn't guess. So my this is Cameron. In case you don't know our voices, my best book of the year is The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. And I know it came out a long time ago, but I just read it this year. And this, this book, oh my god, it was so good. It's like. It just it just blew my mind. Like it was, it's hard to really put into words because, like what it like how it made me feel and like what it did for me. That's why I like it and that's why it's my favorite book. Um, that was also my first Kristen Hanna book, which she is huge. Um, everyone's talking about her books and she has several books out, so I'm definitely gonna read some of her other ones. But it's like. It's a story about family. It's a story about sisterhood. It's a storm, a story about friendship. It's a story about marriage. It's a story, it's a story about love. It's like, it's a story about survival. It's a world war two story. It's so many things in one. It's amazing. Amazing. Loved it. So that's my favorite book of the year. But we have something kind of special to go over with you guys. Let me find it. Um, See, this is why I want to be more organized in 2021. It's also hard because Lacey and I are not with one another right now. Yeah. 
So normally, like, we can look at each other's, like, faces and, you know, kind of play off of that. But and we, we usually have all our notes spread out in front of us, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, like, in another state, and I'm, like, sitting in a bed upstairs in this house. <laughs> okay. So there is a book called Sorrow. And you may have seen it on Instagram. It's a really beautiful cover. And it's written by Tiffany... De Bartolo. God, I hope I'm saying that right. And we were actually approached by some of Tiffany's people about doing an author interview. And at the time that we were approached, we didn't know that we could use Skype. So we were like, well, you know, we don't really, you know, we were still figuring out how to like work our microphones and yeah. <laughs> edit our episodes. So now that we have this, I think. It's opened up so many doors, but we did send Tiffany some questions about the book Sorrow, which I'm really excited to read. I actually brought it with me here to Colorado. Um, I finished a book last night, so I'm probably going to start it tonight. So let me read you a quick synopsis. So we sent Tiffany some questions. She sent us some answers. So this is exciting. This is our first ever author interview on Two Bookworms, One Podcast. That is super exciting. It really is. I'm pulling it up. Maybe. Maybe not. There's actually a lot of books that have the title Sorrow in it. But hers is just Sorrow if you're looking for it. All of these others are like, you know, House of Salt and Sorrow and da 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 da. Gosh, is it possible? on Goodreads? I swear it is. No way. Goodreads has everything. There it is. Okay. So it has 4.52 stars on Goodreads. That's really good. I'm going to read you a little synopsis on Goodreads. So, from Tiffany DeBotarlo, author of God Shaped Hole, How to Kill a Rockstar, and Grace, the Jeff Buckley story, comes Sorrow, a poignant story about friendship and love art and music, and how these purists can save us from ourselves. Joe Harper has backpedaled throughout his life. A once promising guitar prodigy, he's been living without direction since abandoning his musical dreams. Now into his 30s, having retreated from every opportunity he's had to level up, he's had to, or excuse me, he has lost his family, his best friend, and his own self-respect. But Joe finds an unlikely path to redemption when he starts working as a carpenter for the bohemian conceptual artist October Denko. Whoa, what a name. October really? Denko. The job returns him to his hometown, loaded with bittersweet reminders of his former life, in the sh- shadows of his beloved redwood trees. As Joe's relationship with October develops, he yearns to take a daring step toward a bold future, but struggles to escape the craven decisions of his past. Sorrow is a stunning, moving novel that explores masculinity and suspended adolescence. All the while begging the question, can courage be learned? And is it ever too late to follow your heart? So that was just a quick synopsis. Um, Lacey and I have not read it yet. We will be reading it. So yes. over these questions, and I'll just go ahead and read them to you. This is the first time you're hearing them, the answers, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard the answers yet. So where, we asked, where did you get the idea for Sorrow? And Tiffany responded, the original inspiration for the story came from a song called Pink Rabbits by The National. There's a line in the song that goes, somebody said you disappeared in a crowd. 
I didn't understand then, and I don't understand now. I remember listening to that song one day and feeling those words conjure up a whole scene in my head. I started writing out that scene, and the book developed from there. That is cool. That is cool. Because I listen to songs all the time, and I think about things like that. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so crazy how just one line of just a random song can create a whole book. I love that when, like, artists are inspired by, like, other artists. Yes. I think that is so incredible and, like, poetic. <sighs> it's, it's amazing. Really uh, next question. We asked, did you draw on any real-life situations or people for this book? Tiffany responded, I think I probably unintentionally draw upon a lot of real-life situations and people when I write. But the beauty of writing fiction is that you get to sift your truth, thoughts, ideas, experiences, and emotions through the sieve of imagination. And from there, you create wholly unique characters and situations that take on lives of their own and bear little resemblance to the reality with which you began. Which I think would be really cool because, you know, you could maybe take an experience or like a thought or a want or like, you know, and just make this whole universe around it. I think that would be really cool. Um, Colleen Hoover, she's like really active with her, it's called cohorts. It's like a Facebook group. And um, this one girl posted a story about how her boyfriend broke up with her and he was like a douchebag and Someone was like, Colleen should, like, name a character in her next book the name of your ex-boyfriend and, like, do something mean to him. And Colleen was like, tell me his name and I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. That is so freaking funny. Oh, my God. I was like, I got some names. I was going to say, I wonder if there's ever anybody that does anything like that. What's funny is, like, when people have a baby and when girls think of a name and when guys think of a name it's totally different like the guy just thinks of like a name that he heard or he liked but when a girl thinks of a name like let's say for instance the dead the dad's like hey let's name our baby ashley and the mom's like no there was this bitch named ashley in high school fuck no i'm not naming you know what i mean like it's very personal for women like oh all right like i dated a guy with that name and he was a douchebag i'm not naming my kid that name Or you go, he's like, well, my ex-girlfriend had this name, and you're like, excuse me? <laughs> Hail to the no. Like, you want my you child to be your ex-girlfriend's name? No. Why would you even bring that up? <laughs> you're just trying to start a fight at that point. Ugh. So the next question, um, we asked, what was Tiffany's creative process like? And Tiffany said, a lot of marinating. I'm not a prolific writer. Thoughts and feelings and ideas have to live inside of me for a long time before they're ready to become stories. Once they are ready, however, I can be pretty obsessive about the work. Lots of very early mornings. Lots of long days at the computer. I dream about my characters when I'm working on a book. I think about them and worry about them and get annoyed with them and love them like friends. Um, Side note, Cameron does that when she reads. (laughs) And as far as the writing itself, I don't plot my stories before I write them. I discover as I go along. And that's where the real joy lies for me because I never know what's going to happen. And I'm constantly surprised and inspired by what develops on the page. That's really cool because I've never, like I always thought like when you're writing a book, you kind of have to like, okay, here's your outline. What's your beginning going to be? What's your ending going to be like? What's the message? You know what I mean? I think yeah, it's cool. where's your climax? Where's your... Yeah, I get it. 
I think it's cool. You can just kind of let it take take you where you want to go. Let it flow. Uh, yeah, let it flow. We obviously asked Tiffany what her favorite book was. And she said, I have so many. The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien. Shantaram by Gregory David Robert, Roberts. Tropic of Cancer by Henry Miller. And To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee are some Ooh. of them. Mm-hmm. And then we said, who is your favorite author? Her favorite author. The author that's had the biggest impact on my work is probably Tim O'Brien. I'm not familiar with. I'm going to have to Me either. look into those. I know. I felt when she sent these answers, I was like, wow, I feel so uneducated. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a scholar's list. Um, so we asked, if your book was made into a movie, who would you cast in the roles? And Tiffany responded, I can't answer this question. I know. It's so lame that I won't. But I feel very strongly that planting seeds in readers' heads about what my characters look like is a detriment to the reading experience. I oh. want readers to bring their own imaginations to the story. And I love that. Like, I totally I like that. respect I like that. that. I do. Yeah. That is amazing. Because when Stephanie Meyer answered that question and said that she pictured Henry Cavill as Edward Cullen, no one was going to live up to Henry Cavill. No. Because he is gorgeous and like it, it like she said you kind of you picture that in your mind and you can't get your own experience from it and I really respect Tiffany for that answer and it if, is a little if it happens to be made into a movie then that's who everybody expects you to cast and when they yes. don't it's even more of a disappointment yes yes or you know I don't know I forgot what I was gonna say I totally lost the train of thought on that one Sorry, I've been taking a lot of allergy medicine. Um, but yeah, I totally respect that. It is like a silly little game we play, Tiffany. So no big deal. It's just something that we do. Like when we read a book, we cast it just like, you know, for fun. And sometimes we have very similar answers and sometimes we have very different answers. But that's the beauty of reading a book. It is, definitely. So I also asked, I think I added this one in. What is your favorite book to movie? And Tiffany said it was a TV series as opposed to a movie, but I thought Normal People was a really beautiful adaptation of the book. And we asked, what do you want people to know about your book, Sorrow? And Tiffany said, it's a story for anyone who feels things deeply, desires much from life, but doesn't always have the courage to follow their heart. It's also a story about how love and art can save us. Bonus info, Tiffany said, I'm expecting to start writing a new novel right after the holidays. Oh. In like a week. So that's awesome. Yep, yeah, that's our first interview. She had really good answers. I was, when I read back those answers, I was like, oh gosh, she's so smart. She's going to listen to our show and be like, wow, these girls are so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't know who this guy is, who this author is. Oh. Tiffany, I'm really when I start Star tonight, I'm probably going to picture Ben Affleck. I'm sorry. I love him. <laughs> well, it said that Joe's in his 30s, so I probably won't. I've been trying to be more mindful about who I cast in my mind because... So I've been doing a lot of research into this because, you know, when we first started this podcast, you were like, um, no, I didn't picture anyone. And then I've seen a lot of other people say, like, when they read, they don't, like, pick a face. They just, like, their mind kind of builds one. Yeah. So, like, what's wrong? Like, is there something wrong with me that I have to have someone's face? It just kind of makes it like a I movie. I think it's for just me, easier for you to imagine. Okay. Your mind doesn't have to spend as long, like, creating a, yeah. this character. You're like, I already know who he is. 
So does that mean I'm not creative? No, not at all. Okay. And then, of course, like, I use Jonathan Groff a lot for that. I think he's very handsome. And lately I've been using a lot of Henry Cavill. I also read this series called The Accidental Billionaire Series, which is definitely smutty. Um, and so, like, every book, it's like these five siblings that are, like, super poor. And then they find out their dad, who was never around, was a flipping billionaire and died. And now they're, like, all billionaires. And so each book is a different sibling. It's pretty good. Henry Cavill definitely made an appearance in that one. Is that by somebody Ward? Uh, uh, let me look it up real quick. She, I think the author has written... I was just talking about this with my sister downstairs. My sister's here. Because she was reading it, too. Um, and she, there's, like... She has another series that's, like, 15 books or something. It is by... J.S. Scott. Oh, maybe not then. Okay, because there was like a series that was kind of similar, but it was like, I think it was like um, Alcohols. I'll have to look it up and find, find it. I've got one of the books on my shelf. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's probably a common genre in the genre, genre, or plot line in the smut world. Smut, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> That every woman's fantasy is to be seduced by a handsome yeah. billionaire. Hello. Handsome rich man. Right. Because, I mean, that <laughs> shit would not be going down if the dude was poor. I'm just saying. Woman's not going to let some dude do whatever he wants to her if he doesn't have bills in the bank. That's all I'm saying. Fifty Shades of Grey would have been a very different tale had he not been rich. I mean, am I right or am I wrong? I mean, he wouldn't have been able to sweep her off as much. <laughs> That's for sure. She wouldn't have listened to the orders he was he was giving out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Gosh, I cannot believe 2020 is over. It's crazy. I talked to William. William's going to come on a future episode. Yay, hey, and maybe after Tiffany writes her next book, we can have her on our episode, too. Mm-hmm. Now that we know how to work I- Skype. Right. Now that we're we're more current with the technology. Yeah, now that we're actually living in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, before it was 2020, but we were living in, like, I don't know, 2010? I don't know where we were. We were somewhere. Lacey and I still haven't exchanged Christmas presents yet. No. I'm excited because I like giving gifts, but one of the things I got you, it's like, oh, my God, it's so cool. I want it for myself. I know. That sounds cool. Maybe we should do we should do like a live. Or maybe we should just like record it and put it on our Insta. I don't know. Do people want to see that? I don't know. If you guys want do to see you... that, let us know. William would probably want to see it. He's probably pictures anyway. <laughs> yeah. He's probably <laughs> the only one. Oh my gosh, I miss my dogs so much. That was my mother in law and I know they're in good hands, but I just miss them. The cuddles, the warmth, the kisses. Yes. And it's like when I'm at home, they drive me freaking insane. Of course. But when you're gone, you miss them. It's just like kids. Yes. And then, the, oh, is that how you feel about kids? Yes. I don't think I would miss my kids. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, thank God. No, I do. I do miss him when he's gone. But when he's you here. Do? Oh, Lord. Yes. Oh. Someone once told me that, like, having a child is like having an organ outside of your body. No. I don't think it is anyway. It's like having your heart outside of your body and you're just always, like, worried and 
No. I mean, I'm always worried, but I'm a little less worried now that he's older mm-hmm. versus when he was younger. Which it should probably be the other way around. <laughs> I should probably be right. more worried now. <laughs> Wait till he starts driving. Good night. That's going to be terrifying. He's not going to drive. He's going to walk until he's 18. <laughs> You're not going to let him drive? No, I'll let him drive. You know, some kids, I know a few kids that are like, I don't want to drive. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, the moment I turned 16, I was like, I'm ready to drive. We had freedom. But I guess it's because it's a different world now. Like, we didn't have as much technology back then either. So it's like we had nothing to do until we got our car. And then it's like, we're gone. And we, baby, we were gone. We were gone all the time. We were never gone. Even if it was just going to get sweet tea, we were gone. Yes, my dad's like, man, I need some bread. I was like, I'll go get it. I'd be happy to go get it for you. And now I'm like, man, I, I'll just go without bread. I really don't so want to go to the store. Can you take me? I don't want to drive. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Until you get a new car, and then you're like, oh, I want to go everywhere. Yeah. Show it off. Like, oh, I don't want to put miles on my car. <laughs> um, let me check my list and make sure we weren't supposed to talk about anything else, because, you know, I'm notoriously bad about that. Good Lord. Um, yeah, we got our author questions. All right, so a week from today, we are going to discuss our current book, This Time Next Year by Sophie Cousins. So grab your copy. It's super popular. You can probably find it everywhere. Read it. Send us your questions, thoughts, reviews, Comments, grievances. Yeah. Um, we're looking at books for February. I think February we should do a theme. Romance. Yes. And like have one of them. So one of our books of the month should be smutty. And one of them of should course. be like a romance. What do you think? I'm down. Okay. So get ready for February, guys. It's going to be hot. So hot. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got, guys. Two bookworms, one podcast, gmail.com. Instagram, two bookworms, one podcast. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Little, say bye. Man.